Today we are going to start our new series based on Peter. I don't know if you're excited, I am excited about it. But probably most of you uh, may actually think, why Peter, why this character, why not someone else? How do you know how familiar you are with Peter, but let's say that there is a lot to be said about him. But to better understand why we are taking this character, why we are looking at his journey to the cross, we have to step um, a little bit after the event of the cross itself and see who Peter became after the cross. Peter, after Jesus was resurrected and was taken into heaven, Peter was the first Christian preacher. There are some uh, preaching that he did in the book of Acts. Also, he is the author of two letters that we read in the New Testament, First and Second Peter. And he was one of the 12 Jesus' disciples, or if you want to use like social media language, um, he will be one of Jesus' followers. And probably the saddest of the news about Peter is that he has been killed around the 65 AD with the accusation of setting Rome on fire under the emperor Nero, Nero. Now you may think that Peter's story looks interesting, that there is, is a nice character, is a wonderful character, but probably you also could think that his story could not relate to our story today. But check this out, because this journey that we are actually about to look at, Peter's journey, is, I think, is closer than what we think. For example, here are a few elements that we just read in, um, in the passage uh, of Luke that help us to actually see Peter in a more relatable way to us. In uh, verse 2 and 3, we read this, that Jesus saw the water's edge, at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. Jesus got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to pull, pull out a little bit from the shore. As you can see, Peter was a hard worker. Peter was there washing his nets after a, a shift at work, let's say. And beside that, beside the fact that he's working, uh, there is something else that I think helps us to see Peter in a more relatable way to us. In verse 5, we see that Peter didn't have a nice shift at work, let's say. It was not smooth. But he was actually frustrated. And see what he says to Jesus. He says, Master, we have worked hard all night. Let me rephrase this. Master, we have worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. Absolutely anything. Now, Peter was frustrated not only because he didn't get anything that night, but also because his job was a strenuous job. He, the job that he was doing, the fisherman, um, required concentration, teamwork, and even physicality because they were fishing with nets, hoping to get many fish. And also it was frustrating, it would be like strenuous because 
he was not totally dependent on his skills. Because Peter could never predict, Peter could never know how many fish will swim under his boat. So we see that Peter, just like many of us, I think, Peter is very committed to his job. And to make it a little bit even more closer to us, let me say, let me say that Peter also had a fumy character. He was not very a calm person, let's say. If I have to compare, you know I love football, and every time I stand here I have to say something about football. So please, <laughs> keep up with me. Let's say that Peter, so if I have to compare Peter to a footballer, as an Italian, I would probably say that Peter was like Gattuso. No, I don't know if you know Gattuso. But to make it uh, probably in terms of uh, Premier League players, so English Premier League, I can say that Peter was the Roy Keane of the Apostles. So you can understand that Peter was not very calm. He had to do the tough job and also he was very tough as a, as a person. So to, to answer the question, why Peter? We can say that Peter is a central character of the New Testament literature and also the church history. But also because Peter was a person just like all of us here, with virtues and flaws. He was a son of his own time, let's say. And also the fact that he was a husband, and he probably had a family, and he wanted to take care of this family. These are all things that speak closer to us. They are very close to us. So the question is now, not why Peter, but how can Peter's journey be my journey? Or, if you want to think this deeply or deeper, why? Peter's journey can be my journey or should be my journey. So, we read that of this encounter that, Jesus, uh, that Peter has with Jesus in this passage. However, it's not the first time that Peter met Jesus or met Jesus. To give a little bit of context to this passage that we just read in Luke's Gospel, we have to jump in John's Gospel, uh, which has been written a long time afterwards, Luke's Gospel. And yet, John's, John tells us in his Gospel an interesting episode that happened between Jesus and Peter. In John 1, uh, verses uh, 40 to 42, we read this. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard what John had said and who had followed Jesus. The first thing Andrew did, check this out, this is very interesting. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother, Simon, and tell him, we have found the Messiah, that is the Christ. And he Andrew brought Peter to Jesus, or Simon to Jesus. Jesus looked at him, at Peter, and said this, You are Simon, son of John. You will be called Cephas, which when translated is Peter. So now, even looking at this passage, we understand why we, when Luke speaks about Simon, we refer to Peter, because Jesus gave him this name of Peter. Rock. You know, we don't know what Peter's reaction to that claim was about the fact that Jesus was the Messiah. 
But to me, it, it doesn't feel like they, they, they had a close relationship at that moment. And in fact, even the passage in Luke, at the first two verses, I think he underlines these two parallel uh, journeys are taking place. Verse 1 and 2, we read this in Luke's, in Luke's Gospel. That Jesus was teaching with a large crowd following him, and Peter was washing the nets. He was going on with his life, with his job. And to me, this situation looks like uh, when you meet a friend of a friend, uh, probably in, the, in Asda, in the supermarket, but you don't know what to say. <laughs> you know each other, but not, very, not that much to engage in a proper conversation. And we don't know the conversation, well, the content of the teaching that Jesus was delivering to the people. But what we know is that Luke underlines a transition in this passage. That Luke, he passes from Jesus' teaching to religious people in chapter 4 to ordinary people in chapter 5. Where ordinary people are people who, who had a job, probably people who, who didn't have a job. Probably they were husbands and wives, single people, people who had family, people who had businesses, um, poor people, rich people, people like Peter in a sense, and people like us. People were probably thinking, can I actually trust this guy who is just teaching from a boat? Or can I actually, or can this, can really this Jesus who is speaking to me, can he actually change my life? Or to keep the, the terminology of, the, of this series, we can say, um, what is this journey all about? What is he speaking about? You know, Peter was having a tough job, we said, and the fact that he didn't get any single fish that night is something that is much deeper than the frustration it's, itself, I think. Because his job was the only thing that assured him to live and also to take care of those who he loved. Now, I want to ask you a question. How would you feel if something of that importance, something that grants you to go on every single day of your life, that can be money, can be family, can be anything you like, how would you feel if something of that importance would be taken away from you? even for just a day. You know, I'm, I'm saying this because I've been thinking through that. Um, and I think that Peter's frustration was not only a matter of work. It was not just the fear of failing one, one shift at work. Beyond that, beyond that, I think there is the fear of... Uh, um, not being able to look after his own family, or the bad reputation, or the idea of being unsuccessful, and all the stress that these things bring to his life. I was doing some readings, and according to the NHS, these feelings, failure, feel, feeling alone, loneliness, or even fear of not being able to look after those you love, 
Fear of not being understood. Fear of the bad reputation. These are all the feelings that lead one person on six in UK to be depressed. So can you actually see how Peter's story is very close to us and to today? One person on six is a huge number. On six million of people, one million of people is depressed. And it's scary at the same time. I'm not saying that Peter was depressed, but what I'm actually saying is that the feelings that Luke speaks about in this passage are true feelings. Are feelings that do not know time, culture, or even social context. Are personal feelings. Are feelings that every single one of us can express or can have today. I don't know if it's the same here, but in Italy, um, when there are open work sites, open air work sites, um, and people are working and are doing a very tough job, there are old men standing like this and commenting, commenting on people's job. And sometimes it's frustrating. I, like, I would never be the, the worker there. I could never stay there and just say nothing to these people because these old men who stand like this and command on people's job. It doesn't matter what the workers do. These old men could do that better than them, could do better than the workers. And this is stressful. Of course, I'm not saying that Peter is in the same situation, but check this out. I think this frustration level that we are about to hit is kind of the same. Look at Peter's, how Peter's journey begins actually in verse 4. And carry on with me because this is where the frustration I think happens the most. Verse 4, when Jesus had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep, deep water and let down the nets for a catch. I think this is ironic. And if you want to know why I think this is ironic, listen to this. Um, Jesus, at that moment, we are told in Mark's gospel that he was not only known as a teacher. Actually, before to be known as a teacher, he was known as something else. In Mark 6, verse 3, when, people, when Jesus is teaching and using even authority on the people, people are starting to question him. And they refer to Jesus saying this, Isn't this the carpenter? Isn't this Mary's son and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? Hadn't his sister with us, and they took offense at him? The first thing that we read in this verse here is how probably even Peter perceived Jesus, and surely is how the people who were listening to Jesus were perceiving him. Isn't this the carpenter? Now can you imagine, the irony is here, can you imagine a carpenter saying to someone who has been a fisherman for all his life, go in deeper water and let the nets down and you will catch a fish. Basically there is a carpenter saying to a fisherman, it looks like the beginning of a joke. 
But the frustration is that Peter has been out all night with his mates, with his partners, work partner or colleagues, and they didn't get anything. But there is a deeper irony here because in verse 6 and 7, Luke actually tells us the climax of this irony. And Luke says this, When they had done so, so Peter and his colleagues, when they did what Jesus said, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. Now can you imagine the scene? So there is this carpenter saying to the fisherman, go there and you will catch the fish. The fisherman says, how do you know this? You know, I've been up all night, I haven't got anything. And yet when they do that, the boats are full of fish. So not only the carpenter was right and was saying to the fisherman how to fish, but he was very right. You know, as, as I said at the beginning, and uh, I will come to this in a second, how, as I was saying to, at the beginning, Peter is just like every one of us. You know, probably the idea that Jesus was the Messiah was true to him. But probably he needed something more to actually believe about it. You know, this passage, though, does not only show that Jesus is a, was a carpenter, or that he was a better fisherman than Peter, or that he knew more about fishing than Peter, but actually shows something that Jesus knew Peter much more than how Peter knew himself. Because when Jesus sat on Peter's boat, he was challenging him. But there's something more about this passage, and I want to share this with you. This is the heart of this thought that I want to share with you today. If we have to say, so today is the beginning of Peter's journey to the cross as a series. And if we have to say how Peter's journey to the cross began, we can say that Peter's journey began with a U-turn, which is ironic. But in verse 5, we see that this U-turn is not only ironic, but it's physical and spiritual as well. When Peter said this to Jesus, Master, because you say so, I'm going to do it. He is letting down the barrier of skepticism that he had against Jesus. And once he did that, he saw that that man, that carpenter, was able not only to show him how to fish, but that man was able to speak into his life and that he knew even more than what he thought. The U-turn is ironic because a journey that begins with a U-turn means that even straight from the beginning was something wrong. 
I don't know how many U-turns you took with your car in your life. I took many U-turns, actually. Many, many times I got lost. But it's also physical because Peter has been called to go back where he has been all night in deep waters. But in verse 8, there is the, must, well, there is the most important U-turn of Peter. Because Peter saw himself in light of who Jesus was. And he says this, go away from me. You don't know who I am. You don't know who I have been. You don't know who I am being now. Go away from me because I am a sinful man. I mess things up. I don't get things right. You don't know who I am. You know, when Peter, was, when Peter let Jesus speak into his life, and he actually listened to him and accepted his challenge of going to deeper water, he understood that that Jesus that was presented to him by his brother was actually the Messiah. He was the one who could save him. And he realized that Jesus knew him better than what he knew himself which I think are the same things that we can say to us today. You know, think about the closest person to you. Maybe your partner, maybe your, uh, uh, your child, maybe your parents, anyone who is the closest to you. And I want to ask you this question. Are you sure to know them so deeply? You know, probably you can tell me what is their favorite restaurant but not their favorite dish. You can tell me what's their favorite color, but not what's their favorite flower. Or probably you can tell me what's their favorite song, but not what emotions that song makes them feel. And I could, go, I could go on and on and on, as much as you want. But the idea that we will never understand, or we will never know someone so deeply to the perfection it's true because we will never know ourselves so deeply as we would like to. And now can you think of not having anyone who knows you that much in your darkest hour? When the feeling of failure, the feeling of not being able to look after those you love, the feeling of loneliness, the feeling of anxiety, all those feelings that can lead to depression will be around you. Could you imagine if there was no one who could actually know you that better? But even in time of joy, could you imagine not expressing that with anyone who you know? Or the, with anyone who knows you? You know, but the beautiful thing of this passage, and listen to this, this is amazing. I think, I think this is best of the passage. The U-turn of Peter doesn't end with him saying, go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man, for you don't know me. I mess things up. Peter's journey begins in verse 10 and 11. We, there is a beautiful, wonderful thing that Jesus says to him. And Jesus says, 
this to Peter, to Simon, to Cephas. Don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on the shore, left everything, and followed him. Don't be afraid. In this word, don't be afraid, we are told that Jesus not only knew Peter, but he knew Peter for who he was, for who he has been up to that point, for who he was being in that moment when he felt on his knees. But also that Peter, that Jesus knew Peter for who he could have been if decided to follow Jesus. If I have to draw this to uh, an end, to wrap this up, I want to tell you this, and I want to tell us this. God knows us. And like Peter, we are sinners. We mess things up. We, we don't get things right all the time. The beginning of Peter's journey, though, shows something else. It, doesn't, it shows us that it doesn't matter at what point of your journey you are, whether you are deciding to follow God, whether you are on a journey with God, or whether you are still trying to figure out if this God is really good. Because it shows us that God knows exactly where you have been to that point. Where are you now? But at the same time, God looks at the journey that he wants to offer you or to offer us. And the cross of Christ, you know, the, the suffering of Jesus, the, the blood and the death of Jesus marks the end of Jesus' journey on earth. But the U-turn happened three days afterward. When Jesus resurrected, he gave us the opportunity to take on a journey. This journey does not finish with death. This journey points to eternity. An eternity in God's presence, where depression, all these feelings, the frustration that Peter was feeling, and the problem we are feeling today, are not present. Depression will be replaced by joy. Tears will be wiped away. Death will be crushed and sin will have no power. The things that we messed up will have no power on us. Because Jesus, the carpenter who knew how to fish, the guy that got a tough guy like Peter on his knees into tears, he has won them all on that third day. Oh, at the moment of the U-turn. You know, this was not in my notes, but we just earlier on, we sang this. Everyone needs compassion, a love that's never failing, mercy, forgiveness, the kindness of a Savior, and the hope of nations. All these things that we see that people, humanity longs for, 
can only be found on the journey that leads to the cross, like I was saying before. It may be tough, but what's beyond that is much sweeter than honey. So I hope that this story of Peter, this uh, journey that we are about to look at in this series, we let down the barrier of skepticism and even religiosity that we can have. And that we actually allow God to speak into our lives like Peter did. And so that you probably will find also the question, the answer to the question, how can Peter's journey be my journey? Or why should Peter's journey be your journey?